You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 3800 Marlton Pike. For more information, check out circleofhope.net or join us in person on Sunday at 10.30 a.m. or 7 p.m. So we're in a season of frequently asked questions. We want to listen to God. We want to listen to each other. We say in Circle of Hope that dialogue keeps us together and protects our gravity. So we need to make some gravity here. I was so inspired. Last week we did it about, uh, uh, what's it called? Ask Me Anything. A bunch of questions came up. Great conversation. We were celebrating what, what, how God is leading all of us together. So this week we're continuing that with a frequently asked question. And the question that I got asked was, uh, I put it out there to the listserv, and you can actually, there are... Um, I forgot to put out note cards, but there are envelopes back there by the, um, the the offering box, and you can write your question down, and I might I might pick that one for next week. I need more questions because we're going to be asking questions for a while here. Um, another one of our of our proverbs is this one. Can you put it up there for me, Nicole? Engaging in healthy dialogue is what keeps us real. We want everyone among us to experience respect. And understanding as they explore what they think and feel. So you know this, right? Uh, you've been in a dialogue before that's not healthy. You know what fake dialogue feels like. Uh, maybe the other person is just towing the line, represent, representing something that you know that they're not that into. Pastors do that sometimes. They know what they're supposed to say, and so they say that. But you can feel that they're not so sure. You've probably felt this with me. It's okay. Um, or maybe like a customer service representative on the phone, and they have a script. You know, I hope my, I'm not like that very often, but everyone has this experience trying to get something out of the big corporation, and this poor person on the other end of the line just has to say the same thing over and over again. And it's very polite, but they're like gritting their teeth because really they want to jump through the phone and give you something. Uh, or, or maybe maybe it's you that makes the dialogue fake sometimes, you know? It, maybe it's you that, you know, you're feeling unsafe and you, you kind of put up the walls, you know? I'm not going to tell anybody anything about myself in this situation. Way too unsafe. I'm not going to tell you even, like, what my uh, birthday is. I don't, I don't want you to know anything about me. Um, I, I feel that's that, that way sometimes, and I'm sure you do too. So... Uh, we know, we know what it's like to have, to have fake dialogue. And, and there's nothing wrong with fake dialogue. Sometimes you have to be at a party and make small talk and just, you know, be doing something while eating the chips because that's the real purpose. Uh, but it's just not real. Nothing wrong with fake dialogue, but it's not real. And, and there's something wrong. There is something wrong with pretending that fake is real. Okay? That's, that's what I would caution us against. And I don't even know if we'll succeed today, but our goal is to be real. So you'll ask your questions. I'm going to answer this one, and, and you'll, you can ask more in the back there or even just tell them to me or email them to me. But a person asked this week when I sent it out to, the, to our email listserv, they asked me, uh, why would we buy a building in northwest Philadelphia? And to answer this question, I have to give you a bit of context. We think that the best size for a congregation 
in Circle of Hope is about 200 people because we want to know each other. We want to take care of each other. Like we want to have an Owen in our midst that we could actually say for real. No, we do commit to this child and we have the capacity to to be a part of his life in some significant way because it's just a, a few hundred of us, a couple hundred of us. It's, it's our strategy so that when we grow to more than, more than 200, we start thinking about multiplication. We want to we wanna multiply the church. It'll happen to this congregation someday that we'll fill this room up too, too much and we're going to multiply somewhere else in South Jersey. It's likely that it'll be in South Jersey because all of our cells, which are the, the circles of 10 that meet in people's homes and other more intimate places, they're all in South Jersey right now too. Though at some point, the river was crossed, you know, so... I don't know where we'll end up eventually. We could, we could go to Delaware. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll, we'll skip down to uh, Glassboro and then back over to Wilmington eventually. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. But the other thing that this does, this strategy of multiplication does, is it allows us to, to be small and to be big at the same time because we want to do something. We want to have as many opportunities for someone to know Jesus as possible. So starting a new congregation somewhere else, like in Glassboro or wherever else, gives a, a new opportunity for people to connect to the gospel. We're church planters because it's actually uh, a proven fact that people are more likely to connect to Jesus in a new church plant these days. You know, The institutions are kind of crumbling and people want a, a, something new. I don't know, that data could get old pretty quick, too. People might be leaving the church and never coming back uh, at all, even if it's a new thing. But we're going to try. We want to try to do something to help people get close to Jesus. So our most recent multiplication was in the fall of 2016 when we multiplied a congregation from our South Philly congregation into Northwest Philadelphia. Who's ever been to Northwest Philadelphia? South Jersey people. Like Germantown, Roxborough, Maniunk, those places. Yeah, uh, those are places in Philadelphia, in case you didn't know. Uh, East Falls, Mount Airy. Uh, what's the other one? Chestnut Hill. Did I get them all? Yeah, that's kind of over the other way, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, we could do all the... I, I'm from Philadelphia. I could just keep naming. I could name neighborhoods for a long time. But I'm just thinking about the Northwest area, because that's where our congregation there is focused. And we have an opportunity to buy this building. Nicole, can you put that picture of the building up there? We have an opportunity to buy this building on Shelton Ave in Northwest Philly. So that's where this question comes from. This person asked the question, why would we buy a building in Northwest Philly? And uh, it's right on a corridor. So here's a couple answers. It's right on a corridor that is in need of revitalization. Mr. Kim, who owns it, likes us and wants to give us some kind of deal but he also wants to retire, so he's not, uh, not going to give it to us for a song. We would put a thrift store on the first floor. I told you earlier how our thrift stores gave away $110,000 to Mennonite Central Committee last year and like $50,000 actually locally to local partners. Uh, we would put a thrift store on the first floor and the church would use the second floor. There's a lot of work going on going into this building right now to see if we can even afford it or if the deal is even possible. Like, it's crazy amount of work. The place needs so much work to turn it into a thrift store and a, a space for the church to meet. And there's, like, getting construction costs for this giant project, and there's environmental stuff. There might be, like, a, an old oil tank 
in the in the ground underneath. And if there is, it's like, uh, how are we going to fix that? It's going to cost too much money to buy. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. So I'm not making a case for like whether we should buy this building. I'm talking about why we would, why we would do something like that. And so the person who asked this question, why would we buy a building on Shelton Ave in North Philly, they they know they know that we're doing this and now you do too. And so let me answer it in a couple of ways. I think it has to do with sacred spaces and the usefulness of having a sacred space. Uh, skip ahead to the, the next one there, Nicole, because this is a picture of a place where I spent 24 hours yesterday. That is a peace hermitage in Aston, PA. And it's a one-room building, that ha and it has a bathroom in it, and it's in the woods, and the Sisters of St. Francis built it so that they could have a place to pray. And it's really beautiful. And so you go in there, and you they even have this prayer that you can pray to make this space holy. All right? It, and the prayer quotes, uh, tells the story of Moses, Elijah, John the Baptist, and Jesus. All of them would go to the desert or to the mountain for, for times of refreshment, as Jamie was leading us, for times to connect with their Heavenly Father. And in the prayer, I love it, it says, Having no convenient desert or mountain, may this space be that lonely place where I can connect with you. This is the prayer that they offer to their guests. And they have guests. They made these amazing places, and they, they share them with us. You could go there. It costs $40 to stay there for one night. It's amazing. Sherry, I need you to send them a check. <laughs> um, the way we use a building makes it holy. So when we, when we say that prayer, when we, it, 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 the prayer that they lead us in says, make a circle of, of, of holiness around this place just like I was doing at the beginning of this meeting. May this time be set apart. You can, you can make something holy. It's not just holy because you said, because it is. This is a firehouse. <laughs> you know, there are ceiling tiles that don't, that don't work. Um, you know, the, 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 the AC needs plastic on the, the doors so that it doesn't all just leak right out. All right? There's nothing necessarily... Um, perfect or serene or beautiful about this building, but we make it for its use. And we have that power. You can make a hermitage like this one in your own house. A prayer room, a prayer chair. You know, make this chair my holy chair. And every other time, I'm just eating cereal. But right now, right now, this is the holy chair. There's something about the way that we use a place that that makes it holy. You know, it's, but with the, with the in-house ones, I think that it, it, it's kind of nice to have a building like this one, you know, that you can come to and we have our prayer corner. There's actually a prayer room in there that not too many people know about, but you can use that too. Uh, special to have to go somewhere. Like when I went to the Hermitage in Aston, PA, it took me 45 minutes to get there. It's like a, it's like a, a pilgrimage got to go there because you know you could have gym you know it's like going to the gym you could have like gym equipment in your house you know like this one Nicole 
And that's often what your elliptical machine becomes. It's more of a hanger for all your stuff. And apparently this is a thing because there's bunches of pictures on this on the internet. You know, you're, you got your treadmill is a great place to hang your pants. And you got the weight bench, which is a place to put like everything. You know, isn't that, isn't any, any place you could put something, like in your bedroom especially, like, dude, it's going to have clothes all over it. But at the gym, if you have to go to the gym, it, it, it kind of makes it into a thing. You could make a ritual out of it. You could actually get good at the discipline. I'm going to the gym. I got to get in the car. Here I go. Versus, uh, I guess I need to get on the elliptical. Or I could just sit here. You know, the, the get up and go is very helpful. And I think that our buildings are like that, too. When I take a retreat, it's very helpful to not do it in my own house because there's no dishes to do. There's no sink to fix. It's just, it's, it's just for this special purpose. And that brings me to this word, sacred. You know, things that get translated as sacred in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, they come from this old Hebrew word called kadosh, which is mostly about being set apart. So like, this building is set apart for special use. The, the, the serial chair once a morning is set apart for special use. It might be even better to have a chair that you cannot eat cereal in, that you could only pray in. You know, it, we're like that. We need, we need this kind of ritual. We can't just like kind of snap our fingers and get in the right place. We're weak. If you want to pray, if you want to connect with God, you got to do something. Like go on a retreat for 24 hours and spend the night in the woods. Something needs to change on the outside often for something to happen on the inside. So when we call something sacred, there's nothing about the thing that makes it sacred. This building we have set apart for sacred use. It's a, and, and you might have a special association with, you know, maybe that cross on the wall or those, those, those fiery people in the back. And, it, and there's something about being here that kind of clicks you into gear. I hope that's the case because that's why we do it every week is to, to have some kind of groove for you to be in so you can connect with God. We have this meeting for us. But sometimes it's hard to get here, right? You know, that, that lazy Sunday morning feeling. Got to get up out of the couch and do something. It, it would be kind of nice to just sit around and watch Netflix. That kind of feels good on Sunday morning if you didn't get too much sleep the night before. But not for long. My body actually protests now. I don't know, it's just because I'm old, or it's probably because of, of the intense slouching that spending the day watching TV does. But my bones say, ouch. My body says, yuck, when I just sit around and watch TV all day. I used to like doing that, but I, I can't even do that anymore. It, it, because it feels good for the moment to just kind of, you know, that feels... That, you know, my shoulders get sagged. My body gets uh, so comfy. But that comfiness is good for like probably a half an hour. If you, if you take it too long, my body starts to get mad. Or here's another discipline idea that has to do with my body. My body does the opposite when I drink water. Uh, when I drink the amount of water that is recommended for a person my size, which is a lot of water, uh, I can... I feel better. I notice the difference. Can you do the math for yourself on this? 
you know? Divide your body weight in pounds by two, and then divide that number by eight. And that's how many glasses of water you should drink in a day. Don't do the reverse math, but I'm supposed to drink 17 glasses of water in a day. All right? Jayla, don't do the reverse math. I know you're doing it. So, but when I do drink water and I, and I get in a rhythm of this, it feels good. Like there's a lasting effect on drinking the water. My body, like I feel more flexible. Like there's more like juice in my limbs or something, you know, like, whoa, it's like, I'm like the tin man and I can actually move. It's like, yeah, let's go run or something like that. But you know what? When I'm drinking the water, it's not like, um, water. Oh, I drink water so much that now water is amazing. I love water. That doesn't happen, y'all. I still have, I still listen to the pocket computer to tell me when to drink water. My phone buzzes and tells me, drink water, you dummy. You person that would rather stay on the couch, drink water instead. You know, that's how I am. That's how we are. We just do what kind of feels good in the moment, even if it doesn't feel good in the long run. Like, I know that sitting on the couch feels good for a moment. And, and I know that doing it all day feels horrible. And yet, I have a very recent memory of that horrible feeling because I still do it. I'm still tempted. Oh, maybe I should just like, ugh. I mean, this is my job, so it's not often that I'm just going to like skip the Sunday meeting. But I think that struggle is real for a lot of us. Uh, not feeling it today. So coming to this meeting, to this building that we own together for special use, has like that water-like effect. Coming here is like drinking water. God may be doing something amazing here today, way bigger than I can promise. But I can promise that the cumulative effect of being at this meeting together with God's people, making a village around Owen Larimore, will have a positive benefit in your life. I can guarantee that the cumulative effect of drinking this water will be helpful. I can't promise that about staying home on the couch. God could do something amazing on the couch anyways. I'm not, not, I'm not saying I know what's going to happen in your life, but these disciplines are helpful and a, and a space for us. This is like our spiritual gym. You know, we're practicing lots of things like listening to God and, and responding to God. So, a couple of notes about how awesome this building is, though, for what we're trying to do. I mean, it is a firehouse. You do have to walk all the way across the building to enter from the parking lot. Sorry. It's kind of hard to figure out. But all the roads in our region, and if you go look at our map that we have of our cells at the info site, you'll see all the roads of our region converge right here. All roads lead to 3,800 Marlton Pike. I think it might have something to do with the Ben Franklin Bridge, but I'm going to say it's us, okay? Right over there, Admiral Wilson Boulevard, we are the center of this region. It's really easy to get here from a lot of different places, and we have that kind of reach. Our cells are all over the place, and we want people to get connected to Jesus, and we also want to connect as a, as a congregation on Sunday. How are we going to do it? 3,800 Marlton Pike. It's a great building. Also, it's right on 130, which was the... Uh, the founding vision of our church planting here in South Jersey. When, when Donna and John and Sherry and Rob and who else was here, Kim and Bryce, when they decided that they were going to plant a church, they said, you know, there's this one, Route 130. Has, it it kind of connects all these inner ring suburbs 
It, it runs through a lot of towns that we want that have a similarity that could help us build some constituency because we're trying to make something. This is a great building for making something. Um, you know, all of my evaluation though about this building, it's connected to the next person. Our building's primary purpose is creating a space for us to use to do this meeting, which is water, which is good discipline for everyone we know. It's holy because God's mission to redeem the world is holy, and we're co-conspirators in that project. So whether or not we should buy 115 West Shelton on, in Germantown is a question of usefulness for that mission. You know, it has a lot of positives. The building is huge. You haven't seen it. I've seen a couple of videos. I've never been inside. John, you've been inside, right? Pretty dang big, right? It's huge. You know, we could do a lot with this building. It's an opportunity to express our compassionate hearts in a big way. We'd be helping revitalize a depressed economic corridor in Philadelphia. You know, it's a chance to be the center, in the center of a very diverse neighborhood and include a bunch of them in our church. It's a good way for our business, Circle Thrift, to expand and provide even more jobs. Circle Thrift right now employs over 30 people. Let's make it more. But it also, 115 West Shelton, has a lot going against it. It's going to be expensive. We don't know if we have the collective ambition to go for something this big. That's why I'm talking to you about it here on, at 3800 Marlton Pike. At one point, this building was the 115 West Shelton of our church. Should we buy a building for our little startup congregation in South Jersey? And now we have that opportunity again. Should we buy a building for our little startup congregation in Germantown, Philadelphia? Problem is this building is a lot bigger, bit much bigger price tag than this building. So we're, we're getting bigger and we're getting kind of more ambitious about some of our projects. And Philadelphia, is also getting bigger and more expensive. You know, it's, it's harder to find places to do the Lord's work in Philadelphia than ever before. And we're thinking that if we don't snatch up some real estate, we'll, we'll never have a foothold. We'll be priced out of town. Because, you know, sometimes paying a mortgage or even paying for a big project like, uh, like we're planning on maybe doing at 115 West Shelton or somewhere else in that neighborhood is uh, it's, just, it's just the same as renting, you know. It's the same as, like, why throw away rent um, on your house if you could be building equity and buy a house, if you have, if you have the, the capital to put down. Uh, and and we, we do have the capital because we own other buildings, and we can leverage that capital to invest in this building, but it's a big, big job. And I don't know if, I don't know if we're ready for it, honestly. I don't know if we have the, the kind of collective ambition across the whole church. That's why I'm talking to you about today. That's why I love this question that someone asked us. We need to express ourselves, though, as one body across the whole Philly metro if we want to move into the next era of what our church needs to do. There are millions of people within reach who need to know Jesus, who need that living water that he provides. And it will require a big expression of our collective faith to break through the growing resistance to anything sacred or holy. Folks are, are cordoning things off from holiness. They're renaming that innate sense of holiness as maybe bliss or my happy place 
they're getting it real small into something that's just about my personal desire. And we keep busting that out. We keep saying, no, it's not just my little happy place on the couch. I want to connect with God's body. I want to get my story into something bigger. I want to make something across the whole world. We're getting out of our tiny desires and into God's bigger desires. So, buying 115 West Shelton could be a way that we do that if we got excited about it, if we really wanted to, to pay for it. We're going to have to share money for it, even here. How could we have a surplus here so that we could seed something over there? That hasn't happened yet in our history, just so you know. Since we bought this building, we're still trying to afford it. So if you want to, uh, one of the, one tiny way is to share in the, in the, in the sharing box or online or uh, figure out how to do that more regularly. Uh, but I think it's, 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 if you want to, if you get excited about this, I don't know if I've been too inspiring, but, but I, and I don't even know if I want to, because like I said, it's such a big job, but I do want to inspire you to do big, ambitious things with us. And so we're going to be prudent to figure out what that is, but we do want to have a vision for that. So let, so even if you don't have much money to share in the common fund, you do have a lot of heart to give and prayers to make and, and ways to, uh, get involved, like, you know, get your spiritual muscles involved in this project. So that, you know, those millions of people that live in our region, we continue to have an expanding opportunity for them to get into our sacred space where Jesus, we're, we are certain is present because we have experienced him so often, even in this building, but certainly in this body. Let me pray for that and you'll get a chance to talk back. God, give us fire for our passion. Give us wisdom for our big decisions. Give us a sense of the sacred, that set-apartness that we are making, even right here in this moment, but in all the places we seek to connect to you, in all the glory that you've made that we seek to see and know you through. Bless us as we do that difficult work. Strengthen our bodies and our spirits so that we can do this work in your name. We ask also in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.